The following is a workshop from the 2018 SDMI Leadership Conference in Cincinnati, Ohio. Thank you for listening. Uh, my name is Courtney Combs, and I'm the District Children's Ministry Director for Northeast Indiana. Um, I've been a children's pastor for 18 years, um, but just the last few months I've gone full-time as our district's children's director. So I've been the children's director for a couple of years, but um, just recently um, took on that role as a full-time position. So um, <clears throat> I've been, I have uh, directed camps and retreats um, many times um, and led teams, of course, in church as a children's pastor. But um, now I am directing, for the last two years, I've been directing um, camps at Shiloh Park. It's for Northeast Indiana, Northwest Indiana, and Indianapolis District. So those three districts have come together to do children's camp, and um, I'm leading the charge for that. We do um, three, well, we do five camps a year. We do um, a spring uh, camp just for um, the younger kids. <clears throat> it's like a one-night kind of introduction to camp. Um, and then we do um, a rookie camp, um, and then a preteen girls camp, preteen boys camp, and then in the fall we do a preteen retreat, and we also do family camp for a week. So um, that, that's my experience coming into this. This is what I truly believe. I truly believe that the quality of your camp or whatever ministry that you're recruiting for is equal to the quality of your leaders. You can have an awesome church camp that, you know, we have like, we have a swimming pool, we've got a lake, we've got water slides, we've got zip lines, we've got all that stuff. Um, and I think that's all great and, and it helps us. But if we have a poor group of leaders, it won't, we will not have an effective camp. When I was growing up, the camp that I went to had nothing. We had no swimming, we had no features, we had some grass, you know, and some decrepit um, <laughs> little dorms that we stayed in. However, the spiritual impact on my life was strong and I believe that it's because we had great leaders. Um, and I have seen in my experience that when I have a strong team and a great team, then we can put on a great ministry or a great camp um, but if my team is weak, my ministry is weak. So it's not, but I do want to tell you, it's not only about choosing great leaders, but it's about creating great leaders. And you may say, but I don't have any great leaders right now, but you can create them. And we're going to talk about how you, how we're, how do we lead them into being great in a great team. Um, team building, uh, has kind of three elements that we're going to discuss today, recruiting, leading, and maintaining, okay? Recruiting, the first thing that we need to do is to observe. Observe the gifts, the talents, the passions, and the people around us, and look for people who already believe in the mission. So look for people in, in your congregation or on your district who have a testimony of what happened to them at camp. You can seek that out at certain events. Um, ask for that. Ask for people to share testimonies of um, their camp experience and look to those people to be leaders in your camping ministry because they believe in it, because they experienced it. Um, and, and we need to just look for gifts and talents and people around us because there are a lot of people who may be gifted and may be great for our camp team, but they have not thought yet about 
um, volunteering in the camping ministry, but we can recruit them and pull them in if we observe in them the qualities or characteristics that we need on our team. And we're not just only looking for somebody who believes in camp as a whole, but we're looking at for people who have specific gifts for the specific things that we need. So there may be, maybe you need a registrar uh, for your camp to really get organized in collecting all of that the information and all of the finances and plugging people, you know, doing a, a spreadsheet and then putting together dorm assignments and things like that. There may be a math-minded person that would be great in that role who has not ever thought about camping ministry and is maybe not even called to children's or youth ministry at all but they have gifts and talents in that area so we just need to look and observe the people around us and look for what we need um, the second thing is just make sure you do your research when you see somebody that you think is um, qualified for your position and that might help fill you the need ask for recommendations um, of people around them say ask their pastor or other people that work with them do you think they would be a good at helping us with i observed this in this person do you think that they would be a good fit for our camp team um, you can also ask for recommendations from pastors on your district if you're a district leader ask them do you have someone in your church who has a gift or talent in this area that I'm looking for. Don't even tell them you're recruiting for camp yet. Um, because in their mind, they may only think to children's leaders who've been um, volunteers at camp in the past. But we want to broaden our thinking as to who we're recruiting for our team. Hi, welcome. Um, and then, when we are going to invite someone and ask them to be on our team, I want to encourage you to invite not beg not apologize but to invite it's just a different way of thinking about approaching someone but when we say to them um, we want them to get the the idea that it's an honor to be asked um, to be on our team and not to say to them you know um, we just really 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 need somebody to lead this area of ministry and i know you're busy and I know you have way too many things to do, but you know, is there any way you think you could do this for us? That's like, that's begging and making excuses for it. We wanna to say to them, hey, I have observed these qualities in you, and I asked your pastor, and he said that, he confirmed that you are great in this area, and so I want you, I wanna invite you to be a part of our camp team because I'm looking for someone who excels in this area. It's just a different approach to the way you ask someone and just thinking, because we're looking for the best. We want to get the best on our team. And we want to make people, get people who are strong and confident in their area. And so we can build them up. And even if they're not confident now, we can raise them to that level. Um, we can uh, encourage them by telling them what we have observed in their life and then that we have confirmed it by asking others around them and say, you know, I've, I've asked your pastor or other people that work with you and they have confirmed this talent in you. And so I really want to, to have you on our team and I wanna invite you to be a part. Um, invite for specific jobs, we've kind of talked about that. Like, don't just ask them to be on the camp team in general, but what specific role do you want them to play? Um, and then when you're asking them, you can go ahead and state your goals and expectations. Say, I'm looking for somebody, we're just gonna take something really simple like craft people, okay? So you say to them, 
you know, um, I saw that craft you did at District Assembly, whatever, and it was so cool. And so I asked uh, your pastor, and he said, you always do great crafts um, at your church, and I really need a great craft leader who, state your goal, who can come up with craft, five different crafts that will um, go along with the theme that we have for camp and reinforce what we're teaching. And I want it to be something, the expectations now, I want it to be something that the kids are really proud of and want to take out, you know, not something that breaks on the, in the van on the way home, but something that they will actually keep to remember camp by. Like, go ahead and tell them your goals and expectations for them when you're inviting them, because then they're thinking, oh, she thinks I do well at this job, and my pastor was proud of me and said that I do well at this job, and I think I can do what she's asking, and sure, I'll be on your camp team. It gives the person a, a, a totally different feeling about being asked, um, rather than say, you know, would you want to do this? I'm, you know, begging or apologizing. Um, invite the best, don't be afraid to ask. You see somebody who would be a great leader, but you think they'll never have time or they would never say yes to be on our team or whatever. Um, don't be afraid to ask those who you think um, would be the best at it because sometimes the busiest people are the ones who do the best job. So, leading. Okay, so we've, we've recruited, um, we've invited people to be on our team, but now we need to lead them. Um, I want to encourage you to set high and specific expectations, but with a vote of confidence. So you want to tell them um, exactly what you're looking for, what you want, set your, set your sights high um, and, and specifically of what you're looking for, and then give them the vote of confidence. Say, I know you're the best at this, and that's why I ask you. I ask you to be on my team because I think you're going to be the best one for our team. I think you're going to do the best job at this. Um, I had a pastor. The first pastor that I got to work for was Gary Miller. Um, he was the senior pastor at Kokomo First Church at the time and then went on to be DS of Iowa. You've heard of him. But I got to work under Gary Miller and something that he really um, taught me by example and really made a big impact on me and my ministry was that he would constantly, it was my first job as a children's pastor and it was a huge church. Um, and I felt like going into it, I don't even know if I want, know what I'm doing. Um, and he would say to me, I picked you because you're the best. And when I would go into him and say, I don't, I don't know, I'm planning this event, but I really don't know if it's going to go or, you know, whatever. And he would say, I pick, I'm sure if it's possible for this to happen, well, you're the person to do it because I chose you because you're the best. Um, and I knew I wasn't the best, but his vote of confidence made me rise to a new level because I thought, I do not want to disappoint him. He thinks that I'm the best and that I'm going to do the best at this assignment. Um, and the way he stated it was more specific for each, each item, but he just kept instilling the idea in me that he had confidence in what I was going to do, and so I didn't want to disappoint him, so I rose to the level of his expectation. So I think that's um, important for us to know as we think about how to lead our team. Um, we also want to empower leaders to make decisions within a framework. So um, I don't want to micromanage my craft leader and tell her these are the specific things I want you to do and you have to use this medium and you have to do this or that. But I give her some my expectations 
um, that I wanted the craft to be something that reinforced um, the lessons that we were learning and I wanted it to be something that was good quality. But other than that, that's the framework. That's really my goal. So you really have to think about what is my goal. And I'm using something very simple as crafts, but I'm talking about applying this to every aspect of the ministry. You, when you recruit someone to do a ministry, you want to let them know what your framework is. What is your um, bottom line goals that you want to accomplish? And then allow them the freedom to accomplish it in their own way. And sometimes they might not do it the way you would do it, and you want to jump in and say, oh, no, let's do it this way or that way or change it. But you have to think to yourself, are they accomplishing the goals, the expectations that I set for them? If they are meeting them, then I need to let them do it in their way because people will do it best if they do it their own way, right? So um, empower them to make decisions within a framework. Offer resources and checkpoints. Um, I give my team, my uh camp directors um, a budget. I say, this is, this is the money you have to spend. Um, this is the expectations that we have, the goals that we have. And then we have quarterly team meetings, and those are our checkpoints. So four times a year, I meet with them. And um, I talk to them about where they're at in accomplishing the mission, where, how, um, what they have done, or where they're at in their list of expectations um, and offer resources to them. So when they say, well, I've got this, these three things done, but I'm kind of stuck here, then I'm there to offer help and, and ideas and resources to help them ac accomplish that step and move on in their list of things to do. So um, I view myself as a person who is to offer resources, so I'm looking for ways to help them and support them in what they're doing. Um, and I do give them checkpoints to where they know they're going to meet with me these four times a year, so they want to make progress before the next checkpoint because they know I'm going to ask them, what progress have you made from the last checkpoint and how close are you to the end to being fully prepared? <clears throat> And the next is be the team's cheerleader and prayer leader. Um, I have a secret Facebook group that I cre created um, for my camp team. And a secret Facebook group is one that you can't uh, search for it and find it. No one else can see who's in it or even see the group except for the people who are invited into the group. So um, you just create a group on Facebook and then mark it as secret group. So I have in there each of my camp directors uh, for the five camps that we do, and then all of their assistant directors. And then um, I will usually add at the last stage, at the, the last quarter, the camp speaker, um, band members, individual group leaders like craft leaders and so forth um, to be a part of the discussion. But in the beginning, it's just um, the main uh, camp directors. But in that group, um, I find it so helpful because all along the way they, they can um, post questions or let us know where they're struggling or what they're looking for. Um, and other, the other camp directors can chime in and help answer their questions. Um, they can ask um, anything from policy issue, what's our policy on this or how do we handle that, to just um, I can't find you know, whatever, 
supply they're looking for. What, anybody know where I can get this? Um, so any, any and every question that they come across, and I found, this is, the, this is the feedback that I've gotten from my team on this. They say, it's so helpful because when you sit down and you've spread all your work out and you're ready to work on a project, and then you hit a wall because you don't know an answer to a question and so you can't go move forward. You don't want to wait until that next team meeting, whatever, um, and maybe calling me, I may or may not be available at that moment <clears throat> to talk for a long you know, meeting over the phone. But if they throw it into that Facebook group, somebody in the group will see it fairly quickly, usually. And I have you know, the notifications set for that group, so it'll pop up on my phone. And I can sometimes answer really quickly on there, or somebody else in the group can, and they can move forward in their work. So it's nice for them to get a fairly immediate response um, to what they're working on. And it's also a place where we can encourage them, and I'm always putting encouragement up there and applauding them for things that, that do go well or um, things that answers to prayer that have happened within the group. I let everybody else know, and it keeps us encouraged. It also helps them to bond and get to know each other, those that don't know each other on the team. Um, they get to know each other through this group um, before we even come to meeting together. And then also I pray for them. I commit to pray for them. And anything that, that they post on there that needs prayer, I let them know that I'm praying for that right away. So I think that's been a great way for me um, to connect with them. We've I've tried email groups and texting and different things. But the Facebook group is what works best for our team. Um, in, in our quarterly meetings, we set policy, we um, decide things, major things, like the date um, of camp, the speaker. We share a speaker for our three children's summer camps, so we decide who we're going to invite for the speaker. Um, we um, make all kinds of plans and decisions as a group in this meeting. And um, there are kind of different ways that I could handle it. I could make a lot of the decisions for them and just let them know how we're going to do things. Um, I could, um, well, let me just jump to what I do do. <laughs> I, I have decided that it will be group decision making. And I guide them sometimes in the way that I present it as to what I think is best for us. But I really let them decide as a group policies and, and decisions are made as a group. And we have decided that we are going to agree to agree. We will not agree to disagree. Now, that takes a little bit of work um, to get a group to come to a place to agree to agree. Um, because there are some times when we're on opposite sides of the fence on a matter. And we have to set a policy. We have to make a decision. But I don't like it to come to a vote where the majority wins, but there's still two or three people who are very opposed to it um, and are stuck with it. And I have really made it my goal to find out what it is that they are really wanting. You know, they may say they want a policy to be a certain way, but why? What is, what is the heart of what they're wanting? And what are all the possible solutions to get there? And how can we offer something that's a compromise that everyone can agree upon that we say, OK, we can agree to agree on this policy. It fits. It may not be everything I want, but it fits what my main goal is. Um, and it fits what this other person's goal is. And we, we come together and agree to agree. 
So that's a concept, you know, it takes a minute to kind of soak that in and think about what that really means, but it really has made a difference in the morale of our group um, that we walk away from the table thinking we all agreed to agree on this. Um, and uh, we've come to a compromise that meets everyone's need. I'll just give you an example because it's a very obscure thing. Um, so I'll, I'll give you an example. This last year, um, we had a, a somewhat disagreement on how much to pay the nurse. We had um, what we have done in the past, the camp pays 200 and then each director could kind of decide how much um, to pay. And the one um, director paid quite a bit more um, than the others, but his camp did not come out in the black. And so the other camps who came out in the black were able to make up for his deficit, but they're saying if you had not paid the camp nurse so much, you would have met budget. Um, so we had to, to agree on what is allowed to pay the nurse. How much should we pay? And some were saying, well, we need to pay, um, the nurse needs to feel that um, appreciated. And this is a professional job that they do and they need to feel appreciated and um, we need to pay them what they are worth. And on the other side of the table, they're saying, we have to stay within our means and we can't spend money that we don't have. Um, and so it needs to be a reasonable amount and there are counselors who take off work from their professional jobs to volunteer. So there were kind of these two camps and it was a pretty big disagreement on our team. I mean, there was really half of our team felt strongly one way and half of our team felt strongly the other way. So the compromise that we came with and the way to agree to agree, the heart of what the people who wanted to pay more was, they wanted the nurse to feel appreciated. So what they decided to do was to recruit a nurse, asking the nurse to volunteer, but then to offer the nurse a thank you appreciation gift of $200 that she was not expecting. So they felt like, okay, that's not what I originally wanted. I wanted to pay the nurse $800, which is what I think she's worth for the camp. But in the end, I did accomplish what I wanted. I had to point out, to, so what, really what did you want though? You're saying it's $800, but it's really not $800 you want. What you really want is for the nurse to feel appreciated. So do you think that if you recruited a nurse saying that she's going to come as a volunteer, but afterwards she's given a thank you gift, a thank you card with a, a gift, a surprise gift of $200, would she feel appreciated? I think she would, they said. And so in the end, we agreed to agree on doing it that way, and it did accomplish what both people were wanting, even though, okay? I hope that example helps a little bit. Okay, um, maintenance. <clears throat> so we wanna avoid starting from scratch each year by implementing strategies to maintain your team. <laughs> I heard some of you say, uh, you know, my team has left, or some of my leaders are leaving, and I have to start over with new leaders. Um, so we want to implement some strategies here that can help us maintain our team, but not only our team, but just our ministry. Because we know that people are going to be called to another area and they're going to have to leave. Um, people are going to um, leave for various reasons, but ever, we know that members of our team over the years are going to leave. 
Um, somebody said they had a camp director, did you say, for a number of years? Uh, no, it was somebody else. 18 years. 18 years. Okay. So very unusual to have the same camp director for 18 years. Usually, you know, maybe a few years, and then you, you've got to find a new one. So what can we do to keep the camp ministry still growing and rolling along and not lose any ground when we switch, switch, have a switchover of leadership? Well, the first thing we want to do is try to alleviate burnout because this is a huge job and it's usually in addition to a person's full-time life, whatever else they do, um, as a children's pastor or <clears throat> and probably a parent and wife and wife or husband or whatever else is in addition. So we want to do what we can to help alleviate burnout. I feel like the Facebook group has really helped with that. Um, because they don't feel like they're alone in the mission. They get questions answered along the way. They have people encouraging them. A friendship starts to develop through that group. Um, I also try to make our team meetings fun. Those four times a year when we meet, we meet at the campground. Um, it involves food. It usually involves some kind of fun activity that we do along with it. And, um, and and not just fun, but also meaningful. I want them to walk away feeling like, okay, I really got help for the next stage of this. So myself being prepared with resources and things to help them along the way, um, or being, or just really making them feel heard and knowing that I'm going to do my research and I'm going to, to help them in the next week. I'll get back to them and help them with whatever they're stuck on. Um, so making them feel like they walked away, it was like, hey, I had a good time today. It was fun to be at the campground with all these other people who were doing the same, working on the same mission I am, and I got some help today. So I think that for me as the leader, putting together a really great team meeting those four days is super important to pour a lot of time and thought into that and make that a good experience for them. I think that helps alleviate their burnout, that they feel like they have a team and that it is fun along the way. And then also, um, and most importantly, prayer support. We know there's power in prayer, the prayer of a righteous man. You know, we know that there is um, power in our prayers and so um, praying over your leaders is so important. So make sure that you are making that a priority of prayer in your life and not just on team meeting days, but throughout um, the year of planning. Then we need to prepare for the next generation of team members. I'm always thinking about what's next. I have this team right now, but I'm preparing for the next group of leaders, and this is how. <clears throat> First of all, I have um, kind of instilled the uh, policy of each one bring one. So each person that I recruit to the team, I ask them to recruit someone to the team. This is something that I kind of figured out as a children's pastor and it worked so well that now I implement it on a much larger scale and it's it's wonderful how, how well it works. Um, as a children's pastor, if I were recruiting someone um, to work in the nursery, per se, um, I would ask them, you, implementing the strategies we talked about before, hey, I've observed you with with your grandchildren or whatever, and other people say how great of a babysitter you are, and, and so we really want you on our nursery team. Okay, they volunteer to be on the nursery team, and then I say to them, you know, um, each Sunday we need two uh, volunteers in this room along with our teacher or whatever, and so um, I wanted to know, is, 
is there someone that you think would work well with you that you could invite to do this ministry with you? Now, keep in mind, they have to be ministry safe, right? So when they recruit someone, I mean, you have to tell them what you're looking for. These are my expectations I'm going to have for this person. Um, this is what we're looking for. And then that person will have to submit to a background check and going through ministry safe training and doing an interview with me and all of that, all of that stuff. Okay. But it's amazing how much um, this helps with burnout as well when someone is working with someone that they enjoy working with. And when they're able to bring somebody in to do a job with them that they like to, um, that they like to work with, work well with. And as um, camp directors, when I'm re recruiting a camp director, I tell them you are required to have an assistant director. Um, and so I need you to find someone either in your church or on your zone, somebody who's close by that you can meet with for lunch once in a while um, and do work on camp planning with. So you need to ask somebody to be on our team. And um, it has worked really well for me. They usually recruit somebody who is a great partner for them. Um, they're obviously looking for somebody who's going to be helpful to them um, and somebody that they trust to help them do the job. And so usually they come up with a really great person. Why? Three very important reasons why. They say, why do I need an assistant director? I think I can do this by myself. Why do I make it such a big deal that every person brings somebody along? This is why. First of all, in case of emergency. I'm going to briefly share with you a story from my own life um, to illustrate this. I kind of get emotional about it sometimes, so I'm going to try not to. Um, I was the camp director for family camp, and um, I had a great team. But really the only person who knew the full scope of the plan was myself. I mean, I had people for each area of the ministry, and they knew what to do in their area, but they didn't necessarily knew what the other people were doing in their area or how all the puzzle pieces connected. Um, but I wasn't worried about that because I was going to be there, right? <laughs> um, I was going to be there. I had the whole plan, and once I was there, I was going to have a team meeting when we first got there and explain how all the pieces fit together, and everything was going to be great. My car was packed full of all the stuff that I was bringing, all the supplies and things, and all of the check-in sheets and all the uh, materials that we needed. And I got a phone call that my brother was in a tragic accident and had died. And um, my brother was not only died in the United States, he died in Canada. And um, his wife was pregnant, and they had a two-year-old and three-year-old, and they were still in Canada. So um, immediately I was needed as a family member because my parents were overcome with grief. My sister-in-law is out of the country with her little ones and needs to get home by herself. And we had a lot to figure out about what to do next. Um, and so a nice lady from my church drove my car up to camp and told all the leaders there, Here's her stuff. I, I mean, I'll just unload it, and you guys do whatever you want with it. And she brought my car back to me, and I never never came to one day of that camp. <clears throat> so I'm just saying to you, it is important that someone else can do it in your absence because you never know what might come up. And you might get the flu yourself, or your child might be sick, or you never know. But there could be a time when... You think you're going to be there, but you may not. And so who is that other person who truly knows 
everything you know about the plan and who can really step in and do it in your absence. So when I talk about assistant director, I'm saying this is a hugely important job, that they are involved in the planning with you and they know everything that's going to take place and each of your people. You don't want to be in a crunch where we have this great craft director, but she got sick or whatever happened and she didn't show up and now we have nothing, no one. You know, we have a couple of volunteer people to help, but we don't know what we're doing and we don't know what these materials are for and whatever. So each person on your team needs to have an assistant to them that is going to help them, but is also knows the plan. Second thing is, just two heads are better than one. And when you go over everything with your assistant director um, and you tell them this is the plan, they'll say, well, did you think about this? Oh, I forgot about that. Totally skipped over that detail. Uh, so it's always great to have a second person anyway. And then also because we need somebody to be ready to pass the baton to. Now, sometimes people that we recruit to be assistants like to be in the role of assistant. And they say, I don't want to ever be the main director. I'm just kind of an assistant kind of person. Um, however, when you recruit a new main director, for instance, you have, let's say you have for your boys camp, you have a director and you have an assistant director, but your director then gets a call to move to a different state to pastor and he leaves. Well, your assistant director, whoever the new director that you recruit can go to the former assistant director and get all the information of how, how do we run this? How does this work? What are the details? How did you do this? How did you do that? Um, and it just continues then, and there's never that, we're starting completely from scratch because our director moved away and left us with nothing, and now we have to start over. We don't know how we do anything. We don't have a sample schedule. We don't have a, you know, we don't know how do we do the food? How do we do this? How do we do that? Um, you're never starting from scratch again. We don't ever want to go back to the beginning. Once we got something good going, we want it to continue. So having those assistants in place gives you a whole other level of people um, who can carry on uh, the great traditions of what's going and can pass it on to the new leaders. So as you go along, yes, you'll lose a few here or there, but there'll still be quite a few people who've been in it with you and been growing with you and can continue on. Um, the last thing I have really is I have these camp director checklists and it may help you and it may not. It depends on um, what, you know, your camp is going to be different than my camp. Every camp is different. But um, something that I have done for my uh, camp directors and, and developed along with them um, has become almost kind of the joke of this is like, you know, our camp Bible and we can't live without this and whatever, but um, I wanted to share it with you if you would like a copy of it. But this is how it goes. It gives them, this is, it kind of um, puts into practice some of the strategies that I've taught you. Um, it gives them a to-do list and kind of their framework of what I'm expecting for each, each thing on the list and their instructions and a resource guide for them of where they can get um, help or information to complete that task and it gives them a place to leave notes um, and if you are saying you said to me I may have to take over camp this even though your camp will be different than mine there's a lot of things that will carry over you have to have a speaker you have to have you know um, so there are certain a lot of elements of this that would probably apply to everyone 
um, for any kind of camp that you have. So um, it has details on it that, like I say, are applied to our specific camp, but you're welcome to have one of these um, before you go. And then um, also, if you would rather have it in digital form so you can edit it yourself to make it apply to your camp, um, I'm going to put my business card out here, and you feel free to email me and ask me for um, the camp director checklist, and I will email it to you. And then you can do with it whatever you want. <laughs> you can delete our parts and add your parts in or whatever and edit it for your camp, um, or just keep it as a resource guide. Now, um, before we conclude, I want to ask you, do you have any questions that you wanted to ask me or any comments that you wanted to make that you haven't made so far? Yeah, I think building that team of, you know, the, the apprentice, you know, finding yourself an apprentice. Yes, have, an apprentice. I uh, like that we, word. When I first came on, I, I dealt with that with the quizzing program. We yeah. had one person that had everything, all the ribbons, and and then she moved, and it was like the district quiz, and there was nothing. I was like, that will never happen again. So we began to get a yeah. new structure of having a director, but have associate directors of the region Yes. So now we got a team of seven people who, if our leader ever leaves, you know, we got multiple people Wonderful. trying to build that for camps a little more difficult. I feel, you know, at times just because it's such a big commitment during the week, mm -hmm. finding the people, you know, and it's kind of a once a year kind of thing. And right. I like how you're setting up the quarterly meetings because mm -hmm. that's bringing together um, them to kind of feel the importance throughout the year. Right. Um, but yeah, just really. It's also an encouragement when you're recruiting somebody because you can say to them, now we're gonna meet as a whole team four times a year, so we will help you along the way. Right. You get started, do what you know on this checklist, I give them this, this is kind of a guide for you, but when you get stuck on something, don't worry about it, just come to the meeting, we'll all help you, you know? Um, and we're not gonna leave you to do this all by yourself. You know, we'll be there as a team to help you out. I, I think it's an encouragement. Are you meeting, or are you all trying to actually come together in person those quarterly times we do we meet at the campground okay. so where we're gonna have camp now some of you may rent a campground so that might not be an option for you you might have to find a different space to meet and you could do a Google hangout or uh, something like that where you could all see each other um, video through video um, and What's meet the furthest distance that someone from your team since to travel? Uh, well, our campground is very centrally located, which helps. So most of our people drive maybe less than four hours. So, um, but I do make it all day. I mean, it includes lunch. It starts in the morning, and we have lunch together, and it goes into the afternoon. So it's a big, you know, it's a big day to do it. But Does yeah. your camp have lifeguards? I'm sorry, no. It's fine. Do you have lifeguards that... Um, you have to be responsible for. our district owns a campground um, our Northeast Indiana owns the campground we have two other districts that join us for camp but Northeast Indiana owns the campground and they have a staff there that's kitchen staff and lifeguards and people to help with like the climbing wall and that sort of thing yeah, we just have to schedule them so yeah one of the things on here is to make sure that you communicate with the Shiloh staff as to your schedule and what you need and sometimes we have to alter our schedule as to what they can provide because you may be scheduling people to go to the climbing wall you know one group after another after another but those people are only allowed to work there for so many hours and then they have to have 
a break because we don't want them tired doing something so serious. So anyway, there's, yeah, there, I mean, that's part of the thing on there is that we have to kind of coordinate with them, but our campground does have that. I know some camps, you have to find your own lifeguard. Yeah. <clears throat> Obviously, we have to find our own nurse because we talked about that, yeah. I know, but some camps have a nurse, so it just depends. The yeah, that's a great resource for lifeguards is YMCA. Okay, anybody else? You mentioned um, registration and craft leader as being part of your team. What are some of the other team leaders that you're? Yeah, we have. Is that on that? We it is. Okay. There are quite a few on here. Although it changes from camp to camp. I guess I mean it gives some examples on there, but. Um, it changes because like sometimes our boys camp decides to do archery so they have to have people to run that or, but maybe the girls camp doesn't this year or, uh, you know there's different um, areas depending on what they want to do okay. um, so I guess I can't say that we have so you leave that up to the camp director I do. to figure out what, yep. what leaders they need for different activities yep because that's the frame I'm like these are our goals this is the framework we have okay. but however you want to implement that so if you want to off if you want to have volleyball or archery or this or that you go for it whatever activities they want to do if they want to have crafts or they don't want to have crafts some, sometimes they do sometimes they don't um, sometimes they do a quizzing station sometimes I have a missionary come sometimes I mean it's really I let them I give them a lot of freedom to, to design it the way they want to and yet there is kind of a, a guide if they want it. It's, you know, we offer, and like uh, schedules, we'll say, here's a sample schedule from previous camps. If you want to see what we've done before, you can just repeat it if you want to. But if you want to change it up, that's okay too. <clears throat> Anybody else? Yeah. yeah well, we've, we've kind of had a couple of, you know, people debating whether or not, we try to, for the kids' camp especially, you take from the, breakfast into the first service in the morning until the evening service with lunch in the middle I mean we're trying to keep activities going the whole time right um, just because the kids will be all up but then you know at the end of camp you know someone's like oh there just needs to be more free time which I mm -hmm. think you know I'm like I'm kind of it's a little <laughs> tough to have free time sometimes because you know with the kids um, you know they just need so much supervision so are y'all trying to structure in a way that from the first service in the morning to lunch there's pretty much things built in or maybe you give the counselors flexibility to, to just let them not have an activity um ours are it's scheduled from from wake up to to go to bed yeah. it's scheduled however we schedule free time for their cabin but we give them choices mm -hmm. so um at free time there is, we say, you know, carpet ball is open and the gaga pit is open and this is open and that is open. You know, you can do any of these activities during your free time. And then um, some camps, if we're lucky enough to have four counselors in the dorm, then we could say you can split your cabin in half if half the kids want to go here and half want to go here. You have two counselors go with this group, two counselors go with that group. Most of the time we are not able to do that. We usually have two counselors and a CIT. So then it's like they have to decide as a group, as a dorm, where they want to go, but they're able to choose yeah, they, um, go as the whole group, you know, they have yeah. to go as a group but they can choose what activity they want to do and sometimes they choose just to stay in the dorm and hang out for a little bit um, and that's okay if their leaders are with them during that's our free time like they don't have to go to any certain activity they can decide as a group in their dorm 
Okay. They have a choices, if that makes sense. Yeah. And there's also like time scheduled in to take a break in your room and have showers and whatever before, usually the, for us it's like before dinner and evening activities, there's a downtime in the dorm. Because it is to be scheduled in doing an activity all day long, every single day of camp would be exhausting for everyone. So I think you do have to schedule in some downtimes, right. um, but just with parameters. <laughs> I know, yeah. yeah. That's been our we don't let them run free all over the camp yeah, and go swimming or whatever when there's not a lifeguard. You know, you got to, right. has to be parameters. Okay. Okay, well, we can, can any, um, well, I'm going to pray and we'll dismiss, but then if anybody wants to hang around and talk for a minute, that's fine too. Okay, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we just come to you and I thank you so much for this group of leaders um, who are passionate about camping ministry and about um, leading children to Christ through the ministry of camp. And I pray, Lord, that you will bless each um, for their efforts, Lord, uh, towards this ministry. I pray, Lord, that you will open their eyes to see uh, the people, the gifts and talents in people who will be a perfect fit for their team. I pray, Lord, that you will give them um, wisdom to um, build those people up and raise them up to be the great leaders that they can be on our teams. I pray, Lord, that you'll help us to be um, resourceful and compassionate leaders and that we will be a prayerful people, that we will um, invest time in praying for um, our ministry, for our camp, and for each leader there. I pray, Lord, that our leaders will recruit um, the right uh, assistance, Lord, that will be um, encouraging and helpful to them and uh, that will help us to continue our ministries and keep them going long term. Lord, we just ask this all in your name, in Jesus' name. Amen.